Welcome to the Reformist Pipeline, your dose of empowerment and the pipeline to inform your decisions on how you can support change in our education system. You already know who this is. <laughs> but if you don't, it's Lindsay, affectionately known as Miss Black. And I'm Hadi Hot, Mr. Broussard. If you're feeling, I'm exhausted, Lynn. <laughs> I went to that, but I, that's how I'm feeling. But it's still, a, it, it's a great, it's another great week. And I'm so happy to be sitting virtually next to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're a nut. Um, it is, yeah, I am exhausted, but not in like a, I can't do anything way. It's more of a like a, Oh, like you need to just take care of yourself and go in like chill way. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I, I can do it guilt free. That's the type of exhaustion I'm with right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely on the same page. And I, I think that <laughs> tonight I am going to sleep like a baby. But before I get to tonight, let me go ahead and jump into my updates for this week. I wanted to, so I don't even know. So recently I just bought like a, a ticket to go home for Thanksgiving. And I was so excited to do that because this is the first time that I'll be going home for Thanksgiving in years. But I'm not going to lie. I've been teetering back and forth because I've been trying, I've been hearing about all these black folks going to Toulouse lands and I've been really wanting to go. Like I just could use a vacation right now and something about just laying up on someone's beach specifically Mexico, one of Mexico's beach, Jizz. I thought you were about to say laying up on someone. I was like, (laughs) laying up on someone. I'm like, yeah, yeah, lay up on someone. I mean, that would be great too. That would be great too. (laughs) But no, like I really want to travel and I'm excited to be going home next month, but I also want to travel very badly. So I'm excited for you to go home too. Well, thank you. But can we plan a trip somewhere? I would love to plan a trip somewhere. Um, in due time, in due time. <laughs> uh, my mine is not really an update. It's a funny story. Um, I know last week we talked about black and white implicit biases. Um, this isn't necessarily like a bias, but white people and black people are so different and our cultures are just so different. Um, we were on... Last week we had like a staff meeting and we were talking about mindfulness and we had this black woman who was leading us to this mindfulness practices. And it's interesting because we'll be talking about a different black woman today who is going to talk about mindfulness. But anyways, um, so she's on there and she's like, you know, it's just been really odd not being able to interact with students the way that we can because that's really what's fulfilling about the job. And she's like, you know, I'll be on Zoom and I'm just like all these black screens and like everybody's muted. Like I just, you know, I just hate that. So I'm in the chat box, right? And I get real, I get real crazy in the chat box when it's just adults. I was like, I hate it here, right? (laughs) So of course, like I had, there was a black man. I don't really know him, but he slacked me and he was like, yo, you're low key hilarious. And I'm sitting here like, yeah, because I'm trying to liven it up a little bit. It's five o'clock. So, we get off the meeting, right? And my math coach is a white woman. She's black, right? And she's like, oh my gosh, I saw your message in um, the chat box. I really just wanted to check in. Like, and she like quoted me and said, I hate it here. Like, I know if you ever want to talk, like you can let me know and reach out. I'm like, girl, <laughs> 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 you're not the same. 
crying, laughing, because I'm just like, white people, white culture and black culture is so different that I literally can say I hate it here. I've said it to my kids. My kids laugh because they know what I'm talking about because they're black. And then white people are taking it so literal. And it's just like, this is why we have that conversation about implicit biases, because this is just something, something relatively small, but you took it one direction then the black man took it because we haven't we, we just don't have the same culture we're not really in the same communities so i was trying to explain that to her i'm like no i also like who do you think i am that i would be seeking attention in the chat box right but anyway <laughs> but that was a funny story i thought i just wanted to share with everybody that's dope, but I have been there before, and it's always so awkward. I think not for me, for the other person. It's like, wait, what? You, you, it really just went all the way over your head. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. Oh, so just a huge back. Let's get us back on track. A huge thank you to everybody who has subscribed, and everybody who's listening now, and everybody's gonna tell somebody else to listen. Um, tell them to follow us because things are about to be looking up for the reformist factory y'all we got some surprises coming up our season's about to come to a close so we're about to drop a website about to drop some holiday specials tell you how you can donate to some teachers instagram page is about to be popping so you're just in store for something great when it comes to reformist pipeline so be on the lookout Cut the noise, cut the noise, cut the noise. If you're not tuning in to Kicking It With Key, then you are surely missing out. Key is a YouTuber, self-care enthusiast, an educator, hey, a queen of unboxings, and a lupus survivor. And Key is also one of my really good friends. Kicking It With Key focuses on sharing personal journeys to light the pathway for others through tips and hacks for everyday struggles. If you're interested in cutting the noise and living your very best life, Tune in every other Sunday at 7 p.m. on YouTube. You can find Key on YouTube at Keon Cole. Let me spell it out for you. K-I-A-N-A-C-O-L-E. You can also find Kicking It With Key on Instagram at Kicking It With Key underscore. I'm going to spell that out for you too. K-I-C-K-I-N-I-T-W-I-T-H-K-I underscore. Join Key so you can also live your very best life. What's up, y'all? This week's concept development, we're talking to the one, the only Kiana Cole. She's a self-care and community care enthusiast, elementary educator, and mindfulness educator for teachers and students. She currently teaches dance to elementary age students and leads a brand called Kicking It With Key, where she created Cut The Noise Mindfulness, which she uses to help people cut the noise out of their lives and live their best, most purposeful lives through mindfulness, self-care, and community care. Kiana believes in sharing her journey to light the pathway for others. Now, let's get to this concept development so that we can talk to Key. Kiana Cole, welcome to the Reformist Pipeline, baby. Yes. Listen, I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. I um I feel like we talked about it already, but you've been a you and kicking it with Kia have been a partner with us since the very beginning. And me and Jaha were like trying to plan out the rest of the season. We were like, I was just like, hold up. We haven't had Kiana Cole as a guest yet. So we should probably make that happen. 
Yes, I'm like so happy to be here. Like I remember when we had the initial phone call, like this is what I'm trying to do. Key, give me some ideas, give me some thoughts. And look at y'all doing the thing. I love it. We're trying, we're trying. And you know, I, I really, we got to put in a, a, a voice with the name, all the kicking it with key ads that people have been hearing. And I'm like, you know what? Let's make sure that we know or that our listeners know, our mm-hmm. audience knows who you are. We are today. Yep, that's me. <laughs> Let's dig into Miss Kiana Cole and kicking it with Key. So people have been hearing the ads. Hopefully, people have been going to YouTube and watching Kicking It with Key episodes. But for those that have ha- that haven't, or those that are new listeners, can you tell us about Kicking It with Key? Like, what is it? What's it about? What's the journey? Yeah, I can definitely tell you about that. <laughs> um, so it actually started out as just an opportunity for me to share my journey, right? So my name is Kiana. A lot of people have been calling me Key, including you, Lens. Like you've been calling me Key since I met you. Um, and so I kind of was like, okay, what? Can, how can I take this and start to share my journey to like support people and light the pathway for other people? Because I feel like I've had like a pretty unique journey with all the things that I've been doing, all the things that I've been experiencing. And the more I learn, the more I realize that the whole point of Kicking It With Key is more about self-care and community care. And I wanted to help people learn how to truly practice it. And you know, Lindsay, like I, <laughs> you know, teaching was uh, an experience for me and I loved it. But I also have lupus. And so I was not properly taking care of myself. I was spending 12-hour days at the school. And then on top of that, towards the end of my time at that particular school, I was treated very poorly after the death of my brother, which was devastating for me. And so after that experience, it actually invigorated me to work even harder on kicking it with key and help people with grieving and fully taking care of themselves. So it started out as just me like, I'm just going to share some episodes and talk about what I know. And then it morphed into a whole brand. And I am just floored at the opportunities that I've had coming my way because of me sharing my own journey with life. Uh, that intent grows. I appreciate you sharing that. I actually got chills. I didn't expect that. Especially because um, I feel like I know your story, but it still mm. was moving for me right now. So, I yeah, you. I love you. And so, and speaking about those opportunities, kid, like what have you learned about yourself as you have built this amazing empire that you probably could give somebody, a Black creative, some tips or tricks about something that you've learned? I think. It's like your creativity is a journey back to who you are. And so I feel like every time I put out content, I learn more about myself. I learn more about the type of woman that I want to be, the type of like person of faith I want to be, the type of like lupus fighter that I want to be, the type of educator I want to be. And so I think for every creative, specifically Black creatives, is to put the content out even when you feel like it's not at its peak quality. And it's not to say put out anything, but it's to say that you got to get started because the, the truth is somebody's going to tune in. Somebody's going to tune in. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I was like, I really don't think nobody even care about what I'm talking about. But then there would be one person to say, hey, like, thank you for talking about that because I, I've struggled with that. Or I really appreciate that. Or my mama was just like, I'm learning from you. And to hear that your mother is learning from you and I have learned my whole life from her (laughs) like so I would just say like continue creating 
And also like your story has value. And if you didn't exist, there would be no other way to fill that void. So do it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny that you say that because I think that like through me doing the podcasting, like my relationship with my parents has grown yes! even closer learning about me so I, I think that that story definitely resonates specifically with me and that oh you got you moving me too you moving listen me don't too, play because so. i'll cry <laughs> <laughs> it don't take me uh well let me let, let me add some comedic relief because it is phenomenal to like for like my parent like my mom to like because i don't know if my dad listens honestly but i know my mom listens <laughs> and it is phenomenal to have conversations with her about it um and for her to learn how i talk but then, you know what else, like, you know, niggas be pulling up on me now and being like, oh, I listened to your podcast. I'm like, oh, you did? <laughs> hey, now, say now. Okay. So, and you know, Key, that I feel like we've had conversations before. Um, if people know who I am, I'm a very open person. Um, I don't like to wear a whole lot of layers of clothes. I'm going to dance at a party. Like, it's a dichotomous relationship that I have with, like, being Lindsay and being Miss Black. And so oftentimes I feel like men would like just get confused and think that they could talk to me or treat me a certain way. And I start yeah. spitting on vernacular, right? And start talking about how I'm a teacher. And they're like, oh, and the only thing they can usually say is, oh, like, I bet the little boys love you. I'm like, that's uncomfortable and sounds like pedophilia, but okay. So yeah. it's nice to have that switch in the podcast um, be that switch for me. Hmm. Uh, and speaking of switches, not really a switch. I feel like, you know, you're, you're kicking it with Key was the foundation, right? And like you're extending yeah. from that foundation. So you've been doing some mindfulness work in schools now. Um, I want to hear more about that, but I do want you to find, to define mindfulness and what that means for you and your platform with it. Just because we know mindfulness is a buzzword that schools are using right now, but like, what mm. does it mean to be mindfulness with Key? Yes. Um, I'm really glad that you asked me about that because I feel like this is my baby and I'm so happy to like birth this child because <laughs> kicking it with key is like, it's the overarching tree. Right. And then, but I have like all these branches of things that I want to do. Cause this is like mindfulness is one branch of the many things that I'm going to like create out of this brand. But um, first of all, mindfulness is about befriending ourselves and our experiences because we have these like really intricate journeys where there are lots of things that have happened that could really inform the present moment. But because we have not taken the opportunity to fully just sit with ourselves, to be present and to think about the things that are happening to us, around us and in us, I think that that causes us not to have awareness of ourself. And I think that is a really, really big issue in schools with teachers and students because the lack of awareness is what causes a lot of issues, right? And so I think mindfulness in schools specifically, a lot of schools say that they are mindful. A lot of schools say that they practice mindfulness, but there's not a mindful atmosphere in the building. And so what I want to help do, <laughs> listen, okay? And what I want to help do is help teachers and students feel. I want them to feel like whether it be bad or good feelings, even though there are no such thing as bad feelings, which I can talk about later. But I want schools to be able to feel and experience their own emotions and experience the things that are happening to them, be present with those things. And so, and what, one thing I've really learned is if schools, communities are thriving, then 
the whole community around it thrives too, because the school is the center of the community. So when a school is you, what they call failing, which you can, we can talk about what that even means. If a school is failing, then a lot of times the community around it, unless it's being gentrified, which is a whole nother issue, um, is also going through some issues or some changes. And so I think what I've decided to create is called Cut the Noise Mindfulness. And I used to say, cut the noise, we kicked it with key. And I really meant that. Like, I really want people to like, cut it. Like, relax for a second, take a seat, relax and listen to yourself. But Cut the Noise Mindfulness is helping people find purpose in their experiences. And so I want to do that in schools. And I think that my educator background actually makes me the perfect person to do this work because I not only understand the principal's perspective, I understand the teacher's perspective. Because you know, as a teacher and when you're good at your job, they put you in leadership positions without paying you for them. And so I've had that experience. I've led lots of programs at schools and I've done a lot of work and I've done a lot of different types of programs outside of just in a traditional school setting. So I'm ready to get people mindful again because we deserve it. That's what teachers deserve. That's what students deserve. That's what school communities deserve. That was a lot, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that's so important. I think that that's like the internal reflection. We need a lot of that, like now more than ever. And so I'm glad that you hit those points. And so like specifically though, can you give it to us? Like what does, what does mindfulness look like for students? So it... <laughs> you like people really think it's like this mystical like we're gonna be in there like hum. and then my sister my sister jokingly says it's the woo woo stuff it's it's really not honestly mindfulness can be as simple as that time that you call dear time but having them reflect mm. during that time mindfulness can be as simple as being mindful of how long it takes you to eat right thinking about the time what does it taste like what does this sound like in the room around you as you are doing that? And for me in my classroom, my um, second and third year teaching, we used to have meditation Mondays. And if we didn't have it, the kids would be like, Miss Cole, we didn't meditate today. And I'm like, well, imagine black and brown students begging you to meditate. Do you know what it took <laughs> to get there? Like, and it's so cool. But if you teach kids, they will do it. And so we, they came in, there would be music playing. We would come to the carpet, just like carpet, just like we're going to do morning meeting. That's a great time to be mindful. Just, you know, as a FYI, if you do morning meeting, that's a perfect time to have a question of the day that you all have to think about, to have some time where you sit in silence, where you help them learn how to just take deep breaths, very simple things like that. And so mindfulness in school has, a, it's a limitless music. You can make music a mindful moment. There is so limitless, but that's why you need me because I can actually come in and teach you how to do it. And after you pay me to do that work, you, you now have some tools that you can go and use with your kids, or you can bring me in periodically to, to talk to them differently about different things they can have in their toolbox. Cause I don't want them to be like, Oh, you know, like I did this mindful thing one time during the school year last year and it was cool. I want them to have a toolbox of things that even out in the world, when they're in the car and they're getting mad at somebody, right? When they're 25 years old and driving, they're going to remember, you know what? My teacher reminded me to take three seconds before I respond. Mm -hmm. So am I doing that right now? 
So that's how it can look. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's key. And and I think that that's she spoke to yeah. <laughs> 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 And then Liz, we, we talk about this all the time of like this idea of things happening outside of the classroom, because I, I think that as educators or I think people oftentimes confuse that the, the skills and things that we're teaching students inside of the classroom, like that's for them to one day be able to exist within society. And, and that's present day as well as in the future. And so to that, like you spoke a little bit about like what mindfulness looks like for like black students. But does that, does mindfulness look differently for other students that are not Black, like as far as like being trauma-informed um, and, and different practices like that, like making sure that Black students have all the resources that they need, um, given that we more than likely face a lot more traumatic experiences? I think I would def definitely say, I have to be honest, as a Black woman, mindfulness will probably look a little different for our Black students. Um, especially right now, um, because, you know, on just a human experience, COVID is ravishing these communities. Like literally like COVID is wilding right now. Like it's going through and bah, 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 bah. So on a human level, everybody needs it right now. Like more than ever. Like if you're teaching, you're going to, after this year, kids are going to need like three, four, five years of like intense mindfulness because they have experienced something they've never experienced before. And I can guarantee you, nobody's giving them the adequate space to process what they've experienced. So even more specifically with black kids, you know, we're talking about you know, layers of trauma at this point because there's mm -hmm. racial trauma, right? That's a pandemic all in itself. And then there's... Of course, COVID. And then there's all of the small grieving periods they're going to have because of what they're seeing in the media. And I made a video on my Instagram for Kicking It With Key. And I was just like, if you teach Black kids, please watch this video. And then I go through what they've seen. So they, they've seen Black bodies, literal Black bodies, not alive. And I, I can right. tell you right now, at, at, my, at my youth, I don't recall. And it's because of the media. Like we see the media is allowing kids to see a lot more stuff than what we probably saw as kids, which is crazy because I don't feel like I'm that old, but here we are. Um, right. And I think for, for Black kids specifically, we just have to be more thoughtful, more intentional about what we give to them. And so for me, one of the things is music. And like, it's, you know, knowing what music hits certain chords with our black kids. And we know that like they, they, you know, and, I, and this is not to say we're a monolith because that is not the case. Um, but ex letting, exposing them to the black greats in music. That's really something that I am, am intentional about when I do mindfulness lessons with black students, because the music will pull them in. Right. And also gaining their trust because mm -hmm they're going to be excited to see somebody that looks like them doing this mindfulness work. If you're a black teacher doing this work, trying to do this work, it is exciting to them to see that it's not just the white community that cares about emotions and feelings and thoughts and concerns and slowing down because oftentimes that's how it's made to be like, and it's not because, yeah. Oh, you know, black people don't want to do this work. Do you know how many things we're dealing with? It's so hard to slow down. Right. You have to literally make yourself get rid of every other distraction so that you can really focus on you. Isn't that wild? The people that are most traumatized have to have to 
sift through all their stuff so they can actually sit and focus on themselves. And so kids are no different. Um, and when we think about black children, this is something that they, they probably need in order to move forward and be the best version of their black selves. Um, because you mentioned, because when we asked, uh, you know, what does this look like for students? You know, I was asking for a friend, the friend is me, right? Um, <laughs> but you made it very clear. Cause I'm sitting here. Like I, I actually do that. Like when I'm outside, I'll just count stuff. Like I'll count the trees. I also like a product of my anxiety, but I'll just start counting stuff. And so stuff like things as simple as how long, like what does your food taste like? How long did it take you to complete this task? Well, how often should teachers be doing that? What do you think? Like every say, day? So yes, I would say yes. And I think the magical way is honestly to show them that you're being mindful throughout the day. It doesn't have to necessarily be this. Now, I do think there should be three set times where you do it. You do it in morning meeting. So when you start your day, you do it midday as a check-in, like, hey, you know, we've had this, this, and this happen today, you know, let's check in with each other. And then the third time of the day, it should be right before they go, because you need to leave them with something. Because let's, let's think about it, right? We know our babies, and we know that, you know, where we are right now, everybody may be stressed, and they probably aren't being mindful at home. And if they are being mindful at home, they're they like, amen, because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even adults are really just not into it like that. Hmm. And so that three times a day will give you an opportunity to find three different things that you can do or, or you can make them connect. Um, and, you know, if there are teachers and principals listening right now, like that is literally the work that I do. So you don't actually, you don't actually have to make it up. That's the best thing about being an, an educator and being in schools. There's always somebody that knows how to do something that you're trying to do. Hmm. They've either attempted it, yes. brain, so listen, collaboration, Come on, y'all know. And so why not collaborate with somebody that does this work full time? That's me. So don't even rack your brain. Hit me up. Um, set a price, but hit me up. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to stop here. We're going off script. Yes, it's a price. Yes, it is. This is not, this is not for free, okay? Kiana Cole is a gem. She's a gem. You will pay for this, all right? And you will receive twice as much as you paid for from it. I just wanted to stamp mm -hmm. that before I move on to the next actual scripted question. <laughs> because you said it earlier and I let it rock. Okay? <laughs> That's important, though. I'll be telling people, it's, this, this is an investment, right? Like, we invest in every other pathway, every okay. other aspect of the world except for education. And we need to make sure that our educators are being paid in every aspect of it. And, and I, I think that mm -hmm. speaking to like our, our, the, the next point tit script or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm curious to know, because I, I think that we throw around this term mindfulness. And to me, um, I think we like to define or try to like create new terms and things, although we're already practicing these things. I mean, we may not even know it. And so I'm curious to know, have there been any ways that you think people are constantly practicing mindfulness? And I think Lynn spoke to a little bit of this earlier, mm -hmm. her going outside and counting trees, right? Like, are there things that we are doing at home, whether that's like going to the grocery store and just being there, being present in that space, maybe like going grocery shopping, like what are ways that people are practicing mindfulness in like present day time? 
Yeah, I think, you know, there are a lot of ways we're doing it. The, the trick is, is that we aren't paying attention fully. And so you're not fully practicing it unless you're paying attention. But I think some, a way to easily integrate it is like, first of all, if you write a to-do list, you are being mindful <laughs> because you have a pointed, that's journaling also. People are like, oh, journaling, that just sounds like a lot. Like, uh, if you write a to-do list, if you put things on a written calendar, you are journaling because you are taking a moment to think about something, to plan it out, write it down. That's goal setting. That's journaling. Mm -hmm. So as you think about those kinds of things, like you can, you, that's one thing that you can do. There's also reading, like I mentioned earlier, if you read in a silent space, and maybe even with some music in the background, that's up to you. But reading is also mindfulness because that is a moment where you are taking completely away from the rest of the world and you put yourself in a totally different mind frame. And you know how I feel about like reading. I love books so much because I think that they just take me to another universe for a moment. And I need that because this present thing here, I'm like, what is this? So I love right. that. And then what else is some? Oh, metacognition. So my educators know this. Thinking about your own thinking, right? Like both of y'all are like, yes, come on, talk about it. Um, we learned this in college, right, Liz? <laughs> thinking about your own thinking. Um, and so if you teach students how to uh, think about their own thinking, then you're already helping them practice mindfulness. And the easy way to always practice mindfulness is to ask yourself why you do something the way you do it, why you say it the way you say it why you look at something the way you look at something. And the first way that I really started being like mindful to the point where I was like, oh, I'm killing the game, is I started to be more mindful in my friendships. And I think everybody has friends. And if you don't, I'll be a friend. But everybody has friends. So that's a great place to start. You're in your relationships with people. Start to be more mindful. What can I do for you this week? Um, you know, why did I respond to my friend that way? Or why do I feel jealousy right now? What is it about this moment that I'm, so it's like we interrogate our feelings that is being mindful. Yeah. You do do that. Um, Cause I remember you, you also talked about it on one of your lives where you, you, you sent me a text message talking about how can I support you this week? You know, and that was very mindful. It, I feel like you're saying that it's mindful for you, right? But it's also, that's also a good way to encourage your friends to be mindful, yes. right? Because I know, I think Obria said it too. She was just like, yeah, I had to think about, well, she typed it. She's like, I was like, I had to think about like, what do I need from my friends? So like, you're encouraging people to be mindful in this mindfulness process. I mm -hmm. love, I love this because like reciprocity is the name of the yeah. game. And Amen. I feel like that's like what you're speaking to. Um, I'm wondering if you have other ways that, uh, that you're mindful or you can speak to how mindfulness has helped you in your life. Like, yeah, it's been so impactful to get you. Um, I would say that mindfulness actually really, really helped me grieve. And, um, you know, for me, I'm still grieving, of course, like, and for those of you that don't know my story, I'm not going to go into it. Just know that I lost like the most important person in my life. And, um, so it was one of those times where it's like, it actually was the catalyst for this to even be a thing. Like kicking it with Key was already doing things and moving and shaking, but cut the noise mindfulness actually grew out of that situation. 
So I think the thing that people struggle with, with mindfulness the most, I would say is like, well, then how, like, how can I teach my students how to be mindful when I'm still struggling with being mindful? That's the point. Like, that's the whole point. If you did not have struggles, you wouldn't need to be mindful. And so for me, mindfulness has like changed the way I, I approach my day. So my morning routine looks like before I even get out of bed, I turn over to my side and I take five minutes to just stare off and think about what may have come up in a dream, about how I'm feeling that morning, to just breathe before I start my day. Because if you pick up your phone and get on social media immediately, you now have other people's thoughts and opinions in your brain before you have even decided what you want your day to be like. So as I lay there, I set my intention for the day. Um, And if you're a person of faith, you may be praying, you may do a devotion. Like before I even get out of bed, I've done devotion, I've prayed, and I've set an intention for my day. And so then I go, I come in here, I give me a little water, you know, a little agua. Um, And then I come to journal. Journaling is a very easy way to practice mindfulness because you just check in with you. Um, and I do journaling workshops because I think that they are, it's probably the most impactful thing in your mindfulness journey you can probably do to make you see yourself as you, as you are, period. Like just as you are without judgment, without questions and all that, you just see yourself as you are, because I don't think because we, our society is moving so fast, we don't really get to see ourselves the way we are. And for kids, oh my gosh, how beautiful would it be for you to learn about yourself early on so you can eliminate some of the struggles. If you just think back, if somebody helped me in second grade with letting me know that being sensitive wasn't a bad thing, if somebody had told me, you know what I'm saying? And it's not to say that my family didn't try to tell me that it was beautiful, but it's like too many people were telling me outside of that, that my emotions and me crying and experiencing the world in a beautiful, heavy way was a bad thing. Too many people were saying that. And so I feel like I've met a lot of kids that were not, were not able to emotionally regulate because nobody taught them to. And so as teachers, as practitioners, as community leaders, and as people who just care, non-educators, how can you work how can you work to be a really good ancestor and that's what i'm trying to do so if i'm mindful right now my kids will be mindful my community will be mindful i'm actually getting emotional because i want that for our communities i want that so badly for us i want that for everybody i'm not just talking about black community because yes you know i love my people but i also love all kids and our kids come in all these different colors and shapes and sizes and uh, you know i sexual identities and all these different things that come with people, our kids have them too. And so, I'm sorry, I think I got away from the end. I, you know, mindfulness has helped me a lot. <laughs> no, but that's good though, that's good. And you definitely have to reflect in and just thinking about like, I feel like, and I was just talking to a coworker this past week um, about this because I really do think that we get caught up in society's like expectation of what they expect us to be as opposed to like figuring out like, what am I going to do for me today? And so speaking to like you taking that time in the morning, instead of getting on Instagram, instead of getting on Facebook, like whatever it is for you, find that time for you. And it's so, it's so, 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 so important. And I think that this is going to get me to, cause I'm like, dang, like I need to reground myself because like we're going, we're going through a lot. And like one of like, one of my, my biggest things that I love 
doing before the pandemic, it was going to church. Like yes. that would be like my weekly to kind of recenter myself. And like now I've been going virtually, but it's just not the same. And so I've been trying to find other ways, you know, something that's something else for me is like singing. Like I love hearing gospel artists sing and like that just speaks to my spirit. I thought and you were so, singing and I was like, wait a, <laughs> wait a second. No, no, no. Okay, sorry. Not me at all, not you're, me at you're all. You're on a roll. I was like, oh, come no, on, me. honey, sing us a song today. <laughs> Uh, after some vocal lessons, but no, like I, I really do want to be intentional and be, um, I want to practice that this week. That, that'll be my goal at least once this week. I'm not going to say the whole week yet, but we're, we're on our way. Um, you have, I know you have some major keys to share with yes. us, but before you share any more, I have to go back to you saying, um, how are we going to, I want to make sure, some long lines, I want to make sure I'm a good ancestor. Mm -hmm. That's how I took that. And that you said you got emotional. I got emotional too, because that's really like the life that I have is not mine for multiple reasons. Like, mm. because I was put here by some, by some higher being, but also because I feel like I'm paving the way or setting a precedent for people beyond me. And maybe, maybe I'm in that space because I'm an educator and I see it. Cause I know a lot of people don't see it. Right. But literally though like how can I be a good ancestor because I'm so thankful for my ancestors and I remember when I was younger a little more ignorant I'm just like why do people keep saying ancestors like it's a it's a big word it's that you have to learn to feel connected to especially like when I'm talking to younger students and I can tell they they don't they don't get it but like literally my ancestors did so much for me to be here sitting here yeah. recording on a screen with somebody that I've developed a very strong relationship with hmm. and HBCU as the first co uh, generation college graduate, like all these things, somebody did that for me and it yeah. wasn't directly for me, right? Hmm. And so now I'm like, well, how do I pass the baton along? And I'm just using my life and my life is the platform in order to be a good ancestor, like you said. So thank yeah. you for that key. Yeah. If you have any more major keys, please drop us on them right now. Okay. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I think, you know, that ancestor thing it will always be something that I mention everywhere I go, because I think you honor your ancestors by truly taking care of yourself. And so I want to talk a little bit about self-care versus community care, which I did an episode about. And I'm not going to give too much because I do want people to go watch it. But um, self-care becomes community care when you take care of yourself you fill your cup up to the brim and then whatever is oozing over because you have been filling yourself up and taking care of yourself oozes over out into your community so if you choose not to take care of yourself know that you are now negatively impacting your community hmm. and um that i feel like for teachers that's an easy thing to realize like oh when i'm not you know taking care of myself but the reality is most teachers don't most teachers don't do it. And I was somebody who was currently talking about self-care, but spending 12 hours a day at the school. And so it was at some point where I was like, you know what, I got to really dive into what that looks like for me. And so a big part of the mindfulness is just practicing real self-care and it will look differently every day, probably. You know, there is a routine you can do. You should create a routine, but there will be some days where you just can't sit down and journal because the, the world may feel like it's just a heavy. That day you need to go move. You know what I'm saying? And so that's one thing I would say. And just, it really helped me be present in time and space. So Dr. Carr at Howard used to say this all the time. And I remember the first time he said it, I looked at him like, 
you see me. Because I used to be like, I am so not present in my moment. I would be worried about the next class. I would be getting ready in my mind, like, because I'm a planner. And obviously I buy a plan planner for every year because I'm just like, I need to know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I need to know what I'm going to do. But the part of mindfulness is releasing control. And that is hard. And you release control by just enjoying whatever moment you're in, savoring the moment, and knowing that whatever tomorrow will be, will be. And it's not to say that you don't prepare for tomorrow, right? We're not going to be out here just winging it. But it's to tell yourself that if you don't see this moment, you will miss this moment. And it sounds like, oh, duh, if you don't pay attention, you're going to miss. Yes, you really will miss the moment. And in every season of your life, there are a series of lessons you're supposed to learn. And if you leave that section of your life without learning them, guess what? You're, gonna ne- you're not going to make it to the next set of lessons because whatever, you know, higher being you may believe in, for me, is God. God going to be like, fix it. Hey, we're coming back to the same lesson because guess what? You still didn't get it. And then when you choose not to learn your lessons in life and meet these challenges head on, then you are now impacting your community, right? Whatever, Because something I'm supposed to learn will affect will affect Heidi. Something I'm supposed to learn will affect Lens. And then y'all will affect people and they will affect people and, it's a, and vice versa. So that's a key that I would give, you know, and to know that like, um, there's this quote that I really love and it kind of has been leading me lately. Every problem in the world stems from man's inability to sit in a room alone. And that's by Blaise Pascal, who just happens to be a mathematician. And it's like part of our, I know I I had to bring down, I was like, oh, he's a mathematician. But, you know, a lot of the issues in the world stem from people not, not sitting with themselves. And I, that's one, the first thing that I would say, like, go sit with yourself and it's going to be hard at first because it's going to be weird because you're probably going to see things you don't like. So like Rudy Francisco said, one of my favorite poets, like, are you going to learn to love the parts of yourself that nobody claps for? And if you can't do that, then there, there's a place to start. <laughs> like there is a place for you to start. So, you know, teachers, students, like they all deserve this. Like you deserve to take care of yourself, but you also deserve to be in a good position so that you can, that can ooze off and, and bleed over into everything you do to lead with love. And for your, your students to feel that, like for teachers to do that for students and then they go home and teach it to their parents and now their parents are being mindful. Look at how you're changing the world. It's not even just about academic instruction. If they end up being terrible people in the world and they can't function, they can't self-soothe, they can't do any of that, what did you really do? Exactly. And that's, that's why I always prioritize social emotional learning in my classroom. Because I'm like, if they leave my room and they can't handle being people in the world, they don't have a toolbox for life, then what, what was I even in there doing? Because I didn't go to college just for that. Yeah, I needed to learn how to go about the academic instruction. Yeah, I need to learn how to deal with this and deal with that and testing and all that and all the other things that is bureaucracy, like all bureaucracy and stuff like that. But I also went to school so I could figure out how to teach the whole child, which I feel like Howard really was talking about. So if you're not teaching the whole child, you're missing parts and you're not doing your part completely. And I know that's a lot for educators already. We deal with enough. 
but I think that it will only benefit you and the students. And then for non-educators, what can you do in your household? Who can you impact in your household? So. <laughs> I don't know when to stop and keep going. I'm like, yeah, you know, we good? <laughs> We loving it. Now we need you to, to let us know where can we tell everybody to go and find you? Because you just dropped yes. all the um, go and find and look up your content. Yeah, you can find me um, in a few places. I, of course, am on Instagram. And that is the primary location where I post pretty much everything that you need to know in real time. So, um, you know, kicking it with key underscore. No G on the kicking because we don't, you know, we just going to take it off. Little Ebonics. Um, and then... Um, uh, you can also find me, you can, I do text alerts and I encourage people in the morning um, at 202-918-3255. You can text and subscribe and I respond in real time. So if you need like prayer requests, if you need extra, you know, just anything, I'm there. If you have an inquiry, you can also hit me there. You can also hit me in my email, coldkiana94 at gmail.com. And then the last place is of course, YouTube at Kiana Cole. And I give lots of Jam. So if you need something to play while you're doing work throughout the day and you just want to get some positivity in your ear, that's a good place for you to hit me up. And that's a great place to like start um, your journey with mindfulness and thinking about how you're living your life, how you're moving through with your experiences. Thank you, Key. We love you so much. Yes, we do. This has been amazing. I love y'all. <laughs> I love y'all. You know, it's one, one step at a time. Take, try to start with one minute, then move up to five, then move up to 10. And before you know it, you got an hour out of your day where you only devote it to you. And then that just oozes over into everybody else's day. Kiana Cole, everybody. Kiana Cole. <laughs> Cut the noise, y'all. Cut the noise. <laughs> this week, our call to action is to support my girl, Kiana Cole, okay? Y'all already hear the ad. <laughs> I know you hear the ad. So you can go on YouTube and support her by watching Kicking It With Key. She's dropping some knowledge every other Sunday on her formal show. And you can catch her um, at Kicking It With Key on Instagram. And this will all be in the details and in the description, y'all. But she has a live every Thursday. She's having some good conversations, y'all. So tap in. But if you are an educator, or education adjacent in any way, shape, or form, then please reach out to Kiana Cole. She can be found on her email, colekiana94 at gmail.com. If you know um, an educator who needs some support in terms of mindfulness, but really, if you know a school who is willing to invest in mindfulness practices for the students, for the staff members, Kiana Cole is your girl, I'm trying to tell y'all. So all this information will be in the description. Call to action and support Kiana Cole. Support mindfulness practices. And with that. In the meantime, go ahead and please follow us on Instagram. Our pages are at Hadi Had, H-A-D-Y-H-A-D, and at Mama Lens, M-A-M-A-L-I-N-D-S 22. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at TRP Advocate. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sending you all love. Thanks for listening. Continue to stand up for educators. Continue to tell a friend about the podcast. Amen. Peace, love, and light, y'all. Hootie hoo!